You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Well, we have been, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've been working through a series. It's called the 40-Day Forgiving Challenge. So this week is already week five, which is hard to believe. The very first, the very first day that I introduced the challenge, we talked about scars, the scars of Jesus. And it was the, it was the scripture in John where Thomas really, truly couldn't believe that Jesus was alive until he saw his scars. And so SCARS has been an acronym because it's what Jesus did and it's the proof of what Jesus did so that we can be forgiven. And today we will be talking about being forgiven, being absolved of our sins, but today it's going to be being restored, being restored, being made new again. So, after this first week, we got rolling. And um, each week at the 1030 service, this service that you're at, we've been singing a, a song called Scars. It's the song that we sang this morning originally. And so let's take a look at just one, one of these verses. And we're going to say this verse together because it's a great way for us to get started. Okay? And now there's one line missing. I'll add it at the end and then it'll make sense to us. But here we go. Let's say it together. I'm thankful for the scars, because without them, I wouldn't know his heart. I can see, I can see how you delivered me in your hands, in your feet. I find my victory. Yes, we find our victory in the scars of Jesus himself. So the next week, as we started working through this acronym of SCARS, we looked at the letter S, which stood for sin. That little but very powerful word, sin. So then it was my turn the next week. Because of sin, we need to confess our sins. That's the next step. So the C stood for confession. And that was a hard week. We looked at our sins hard. It's hard to confess your sins. It's hard to look back and truly know and believe in your heart of hearts that you are sinful. We had a long list of sins that we even looked at and we put a check mark by. They were sins of, they were, uh, of commission. They were sins of commission. And some of us were thinking pretty good about things it's like maybe I'm not I'm not all that sinful and then we got to the sins of omission the things we omit in life that are still sinful the times that we don't necessarily do something that's before us like taking care of our neighbors in need so after that hard week we were able to latch on to at the end of that message as hard as it is to confess our sins, 
God's grace is greater than all of our sin. But still, the next week, we had to take it to the next level. So we went to the A in scars, which stood for absolution. Yes, Jesus paid for the sins all time by going to the cross. Your sins are canceled. There's no debt. And while the kiddos were singing that first song called Squeaky Clean, that's absolution. Because when you are squeaky clean, there is no dirt left. There is no remnant of dirt. There is no remnant of our sin. We are completely 100% forgiven, restored. Which brings us to our next letter, R, restored. So today we're going to be talking about restoration. We don't have to look very far to find an example. It's the same example we've been using from John chapter 21. And it's the example of Peter. Peter, once again today, will be front and center stage regarding his sin, his confession, his absolution, but today, more importantly, his restoration. By the first charcoal fire, the night that Jesus was, was arrested, Peter the rock, Peter the leader of the church, Peter the leader of the disciples, he swore to Jesus, I'll never deny you. And then he denies him. Not once, not twice, Peter denies Jesus three times. So in the past weeks, we've been looking at Peter's sin. And we've looked at Peter running back, or in this case, swimming back to Jesus for his sin to be forgiven, for him to be resolved. And today we'll be looking at his sin and being forgiven so he can be restored. John 21, verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So after Peter's failure, his flat-out denials of Jesus, what does Peter do? He goes back to fishing, but not fishing for men, fishing for fish. But what is Peter going to do? It's what he knows. Peter the rock had gone back to being Simon, the fisherman, a much safer place for him to live up to. But I think we all go through life kind of waffling back and forth. Sometimes, sometimes we waffle back and forth too, don't we? We want to go back to a safe place, an easier place. Because being daddy is hard. Being mommy is hard. Being a son is hard. Being a daughter is hard. Being a vicar is hard. Being a mayor is hard. Being, while well, you put it, you fill in the blank. It's hard. Life is hard. 
So if you ever played Simon Says, it's kind of a dumb question because I think we've all played Simon Says, right? Well, Simon played a little Simon Says with his buddies, his disciples. Simon says, I'm going back to fishing. Anyone want to join me? So his buddies join him. They do as Simon says. Now, scholars will debate on the significance of Peter going fishing that night. Has Peter gone back to fishing, like really going back to fishing? Or is he just like taking a break, kind of like you and I would be going fishing? But he went fishing all night. Now, I don't know about you, I like fishing. But I don't like fishing when I don't catch fish. Rarely do I go fishing and not catch anything in an hour and keep fishing. Peter's gone back to fishing for fish. Most of us enjoy fishing because we enjoy catching fish. But all night? All night? And then Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up so that Peter could go back to fishing for men. Going back. Reminds me of Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. Michael Jordan. Do you remember what happened in 1993 to Michael Jordan? He quit basketball. Michael Jordan went back to a safe place. He went back to playing baseball. And Michael Jordan played baseball for about a year and a half. The greatest basketball player in the world went back to a safe place. Basketball had worn him out. But eventually... He came back to his senses and he was restored back to basketball. Does anyone anyone remember what the message was that he delivered in a simple fax so that we knew he was going to play basketball again? Does anyone remember two words? A little louder. I'm back. I'm back. That's the fax right there. I found it on the internet. I'm back. Well, Peter is back too, isn't he? Only he's back to catching fish again. Not fishing for men. You can't hardly blame him. He was a a lifetime fisherman. It's what Peter knew. But then Jesus grabbed him. And he invited him into another life. But then Peter messed up. He really messed up big. So Peter did what? He went back to his safe place, fishing. Guys, I'm just going fishing. Yes, back to fishing. Let me just dive into something that I'm good at, that I can win at. It was the safe place that he knew. But we really aren't that much different from Peter, are we? 
we tend to play it safe. We really play it safe in our faith life. But Jesus doesn't want us to play it safe. He desires for us to live a life worthy of being a Christian. A redeemed, renewed child of God. Let's go back to Peter and his fishing thing. He not only is back to fishing, but he has convinced his disciples, his buddies, to go fishing with him. The ministry that was so vibrant only weeks before has lost all of its steam. They've all gone back to their, faith, their, their safe place. Fishing not for men, but fishing for fish. But as we know, this isn't the end of this story. Things were about to change in a very, very, very dramatic way for Peter. Just as Michael Jordan was welcomed back into basketball, Jesus was ready to welcome Peter back to his calling for fishing for men, not fishing for fish. He is about to be restored in a special way. John 21, verse 4, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. So this is the second time that Peter experiences a miracle of catching fish. Jesus has recreated the first time that they met. He changed, and when he changed his name, from Simon to Peter. But like Pastor Gerber talked to us last week about, Jesus puts these moments in our lives for a reason. This is not this is also not Peter's first anthracion. Who remembers what anthracion was from last week? The Greek word. Pastor Gerber? Charcoal fire. Thank you, Dwayne. Yes. But these two charcoal fires for Peter were very different from one another. At the first charcoal fire... Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times. At the second charcoal fire, Jesus is about to restore Peter. Gentle and kind, Jesus invites Peter and the other fishermen for a breakfast around this Anthracion by the Sea of Tiberias, right on the shores. Gentle and kind, Jesus is ready to restore Peter back to being a fisher of men. Verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
Jesus restored Peter with a threefold calling for his future service back into the church, back to being the leader of the church. This is how Jesus is treated, or this is how Jesus treats Peter. God is not out to get Peter. He's not out to get you. Jesus not only forgives Peter, he restores Peter. God's forgiveness freed Peter from the punishment he deserved. God's forgiveness restored Peter's relationship with him. But the same forgiveness is available to you as well. Forgiveness that frees you from sin. Forgiveness that restores your relationship with Jesus. So how does Jesus treat us in our failures? He's kind, he's gentle, he's welcoming. He wants you to join him at your anthracium, your charcoal fire. The freedom that God gives you is not only freedom from sin, but freedom to live with purpose. Freedom to live with purpose. If Jesus wanted to shame Peter, what direction would he have pointed? He would have pointed backwards. He would have pointed G Peter to all of his sin. But Jesus points Peter forward. Back to his calling. Back to the leader of the church. It's a very clear callback to not only receiving the cancellation of debt, but Jesus is calling back Peter back into the call that he placed on his life. Feed my sheep is a reference to being a shepherd. Being a shepherd is a reference to being a pastor. So it takes Peter right back to that moment at Caesarea Philippi when Jesus declared to Peter the first time that you will be the leader of the church, Matthew 16. He, Jesus, said to them, the disciples, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Yes, restored to being the leader of the church. He's already saved Peter for eternity and wiped away the punishment. That was absolution. That was last week. He paid the price at the cross and canceled the debt. Squeaky clean. But what's amazing about what he's doing now is he's already lit. He's literally saving Peter's life in this world. Absolution covers us for heaven for eternal life, freedom from the consequences of our sin. But God wants us to go deeper than that. Restoration is freeing us to something, a relationship with God right here, right now, in this world. Now, there's nothing wrong with fishing. It's a fine occupation, but it's not what God called Peter to do. It was time to restore Peter to fishing for men, and that's exactly what Jesus did, and that's exactly what Jesus wants for you, to restore you to your calling. I'm assuming that right now you're asking yourself, but what is my calling? 
unless you're Pastor Gerber. What is your calling? After all, everyone can't be a pastor. Everyone can't be the first leader of the church. But it isn't complicated. Hundreds of years before Jesus and Peter, there was a man by the name of David, King David. And King David had it figured out. He understood what his calling was. He tells us in chapter 51, verse 12 to 13, and it's our calling. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach the transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Do you see it? Did you hear it? It is your calling because of your forgiveness, you are restored, you are renewed by the joy of certain salvation through faith in your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Being a walking, talking, living, breathing child of God is your calling. Being renewed daily allows you to live out that calling. So do you hear God's words of restoration for you today? For total freedom to take place, it's not just freedom from your sin, it's freedom to be restored into Christ. God won't shame you, He won't condemn you, He will not embarrass you. He won't stay angry with you. He'll be loving, generous, kind, welcoming. You can always come back to your calling, being a child of God, whenever and whatever you do. A restored banker, a restored custodian, a restored teacher, a restored mommy, a restored daddy, a restored electrician, a, a restored police officer, a restored you fill in the blank. Absolution is one thing, you're forgiven, the debt is paid. But there's a second thing, God will always love you. Restoration says, you are still my child, still my disciple, still the person I entrusted things to, still the person I believe in. And here's what's wild that you likely have not been told before. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need you. In this world, we get into relationships with one another often because we need one another. In the church, we need one another. Kids need their parents. Spouses need their spouse. But God doesn't even need you. He can usher in his kingdom just fine without you. Well, that's kind of harsh, don't you think? You might be asking yourself, why is Vicar Rathke saying such things? I'm bringing it up because it's freeing to know that God doesn't need you. It's freeing to know that God doesn't need you. In a world where we typically use people because we need them, not because we want them, God is reminding you today that he doesn't need you. The only reason I have relationship with you is solely and purely because I want you. 
God doesn't need you, but he wants you. God created you to be his child. He's called you to be part of bringing his kingdom into this world. And as great as heaven will be one day, we get the opportunity right here, right now, to bring glimpses of it into this world every day as renewed children of God. God is telling you today, I forgive you. I'm not angry with you. I love you. I want to work with you. I want you. Every day at any hour, at any minute, at any second, because of Jesus paying the price for all of our sins, well, you get to send your own fax message. Except it's not a fax today, is it? Maybe you'll send an Instagram. We could send a text. We could send a Facebook post. We could send a Twitter message. And what would our message be? I'm back. Every morning, I'm back to, be, to being a renewed, restored child of God because of His great mercies, which are new every day. Thanks be to God for His mercy and for His amazing grace. Amen? Amen. Amen.